This is the LexisNexis New York Legal News Podcast. Litigation news stories from New York courts as reported in recent issues of LexisNexis Mealy's Publications. Current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. LexisNexis Legal News, a 2009 nominee in the ABA Journal Blog 100. The best legal blogs is selected by the ABA Journal's editors. The Second Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals May 27th held that a federal court in New York properly applied a federal statute in certifying a class of Republic of Argentina bondholders. The Circuit Court said, though the trial court erred in granting aggregate class-wide as opposed to individualized relief in eight separate securities class action lawsuits seeking relief for losses sustained during the South American country's economic crisis of the 1990s. The Second Circuit has held that a federal judge in New York did not err in deeming a pro se copyright infringement plaintiff's claims precluded by a prior judgment. According to the appellate panel, dismissal in 2004 by Southern District of New York Judge Robert Sweet of contract claims brought by plaintiff Matthew Kreps' former company, The Economist's Advocate, against defendant Edward Reiner's former company, Cognitive Arts, had a preclusive effect on the latest dispute between the parties. As such, Judge Sweet did not err in dismissing the case between Kreps and Reiner last year, the Second Circuit said. Kreps helped to develop certain online courses and in 2001 sued course developer Cognitive Arts, a jury found in Kreps' favor. He filed the present complaint in 2007 for copyright infringement, fraud, defamation, and breach of contract. Judge Sweet dismissed the case in 2009, agreeing the claims were barred by res judicata and issue preclusion related to the Economist Advocate 2004 ruling. In a final judgment entered June 1st, a federal judge in New York agreed with the owner of Get Lucky that their trademark was willfully infringed by plaintiffs Liz Claiborne and subsidiary Lucky Brand Dungarees. In April, jurors in the Southern District of New York returned a verdict in favor of defendant Marcel Fashion Group. Marcel was awarded $300,000, 280,000 of which was deemed punitive damages. The plaintiffs alleged Marcel's use of the Get Lucky trademark represented infringement. Marcel asserted affirmative defenses and counterclaims, including that it is the senior user of the Get Lucky mark. According to the court, Marcel has used the mark on apparel since 1985. In April 2009, the judge granted partial summary judgment to the defendant that Lucky Brand and Liz Claiborne had committed federal trademark infringement, federal unfair competition, and state law violations in connection with their sales of clothing bearing the Get Lucky mark. The remaining claims and defenses, including the plaintiff's allegations of trademark dilution and contributory infringement, were tried to a jury in April 2010. Ultimately, it was determined that Marcel is the owner of the Get Lucky trademark, which is valid and enforceable, as well as inherently distinctive. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mark Rogers. Almost a month after a New York federal judge granted them summary judgment on copyright infringement charges against peer-to-peer service provider LimeWire, a group of suing record labels on June 4th asked the judge to grant them a permanent injunction to prevent any further infringing behavior. Noting that LimeWire does, quote, not appear to have done anything to change its illegal ways since the May 10th ruling by Southern District of New York Judge Kimball Wood, the record labels contend that without injunctive relief, LimeWire's infringing activities will continue uninterrupted. A group of 13 record labels sued LimeWire for massive and daily infringement of their copyrighted works. LimeWire developed and distributed software that 
allows its users to seek out and download songs and other works from the computers of other LimeWire users. The judge found LimeWire, its founder, and related companies guilty of inducement of copyright infringement, common law copyright infringement, and unfair competition. A federal judge in New York has refused to dismiss investors' allegations that E-Trade Financial Corporation violated federal securities law by misrepresenting the risk associated with investing in subprime mortgage markets. Southern District of New York Judge Robert Sweet rejected the company's argument that the losses incurred were the result of a worldwide economic catastrophe and not fraud. Arguing that J.P. Morgan Chase Bank abused its power as the primary clearing bank of Lehman Brothers Holdings to force the financial giant into bankruptcy, Lehman Brothers filed a 41-count complaint against J.P. Morgan May 26th in federal bankruptcy court in New York, seeking the return of billions of dollars in cash. Lehman Brothers Holdings alleges that in the months leading up to its filing for bankruptcy, J.P. Morgan, quote, leveraged Lehman Brothers' life and death powers as the brokerage firm's primary clearing bank to force Lehman Brothers Holdings into a series of one-sided agreements and to siphon billions of dollars in critically needed assets. The purpose of the last-minute maneuvers was to leapfrog J.P. Morgan over other creditors by putting itself in the position of an over-collateralized creditor, not just for clearing obligations, but for any and all possible obligations of Lehman Brothers Holdings or any of its subsidiaries that J.P. Morgan believed could result from a Lehman Brothers Holdings bankruptcy. A federal judge in New York May 13th decertified a class accusing Washington Mutual Bank of charging improper fees for early mortgage payments. Eastern District of New York Judge Arthur Spatt found the class representatives did not have the power to file a class claim to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation to satisfy the requirements of the Financial Institutions Reform, Recovery, and Enforcement Act. A New York federal judge May 24th dismissed a consolidated shareholder class action against Novartis AG, alleging it breached its fiduciary duty in its proposed acquisition of Alcon Incorporated. Southern District of New York Judge Victor Marrero held the appropriate forum for the case is in Switzerland. In January, Novartis, a controlling shareholder of Alcon, exercised its option to purchase Nestle's remaining 52% equity stake in Alcon. The closing of this option merger, which remains subject to certain conditions and regulatory approvals, would provide Novartis with a 77% share of Alcon. Investors of Alcon allege that Novartis' forced acquisition of Alcon's publicly held shares would violate provisions of the organizational regulations of the Alcon Board of Directors, which require that a transaction resulting in a change of control of Alcon be approved by a special committee of independent directors. The investors say, despite their opposition, Novartis plans to go forward with the acquisition by replacing the independent director committee directors with directors who will approve the acquisition. The plaintiffs allege they'll lose approximately $30 per share if the acquisition is consummated or a total of $2.3 billion and ask that the court enjoin the acquisition. Judge Marrero granted a motion by Novartis holding the plaintiff's claims, quote, at their core, challenge a Swiss transaction governed by Swiss law. On the heels of a $3.36 million compensatory damage award, a New York federal jury on May 19th ordered Novartis to pay a class of female sales representatives $250 million in punitive damages as part of a class action lawsuit that accused the company of gender discrimination. The Southern District of New York jury ordered Novartis to pay a class of approximately 5,600 current and former female sales representatives 
$250 million in punitive damages. On May 17th, that same jury awarded a dozen named plaintiffs the $3.36 million in compensatory damages. The jury found Novartis guilty of gender discrimination in compensation, promotional opportunities, and pregnancy-related matters. After the May 17th verdict, Novartis issued a statement saying it was disappointed in the verdict and would appeal the jury's finding. The named plaintiffs will share the compensatory damages award in individual amounts ranging from $50,000 to nearly $600,000. Visit the LexisNexis store for all your legal book and software needs. The store offers thousands of titles to help you in the practice of law and in managing the business of your legal practice. You can reach our e-commerce site by clicking on the Store tab at the top of the LexisNexis homepage or by going to LexisNexis.com store. If you'd like more information on these and other New York cases, visit LexisNexis.com slash Mealy's, M-E-A-L-E-Y-S. LexisNexis Legal News New York is written by the editors of Mealy Publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The LexisNexis New York Legal News Podcast, copyright 2010 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. LexisNexis, total practice solutions. I'm Steve Burstler. Thanks for listening.